Hello and welcome to Learn to Pray podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about how to pray, what to pray, when to pray, where to pray, and why we pray. Our host, Pastor Teacher Arthur Taryn V. Gaddis, has dedicated his life to helping individuals understand the great importance of prayer and how we are commanded to pray. And if we are to live our lives according to his will, his way and his word, that is God's will, God's way and God's word, then we must fall down on our knees and make prayer a priority in our lives. In this week's episode, Pastor G is going to talk to us about how to pray. He talked on last time about how not to pray, but he didn't want to leave you on a negative note. And so on today, we need you to lean in and listen closely as he digs deeper into this topic of how we should pray based on the model prayer prayed by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. So if you're able, grab a notepad. If you're not, just listen and let the Holy Spirit lead you on today. Of all the privileges the saints of God enjoy, perhaps the greatest is the privilege of prayer. To be able to directly go directly into the presence of the Lord is an honor beyond description. To be able to speak to God who created and controlled the universe and to know that he's, he has promised to hear us and to answer us is a blessing too great to even comprehend. When you consider The fact that real prayer is not just you and I sending words into the air, but that real prayer is used by God to accomplish his purpose on earth is almost mind boggling, isn't it? What a gift we've been given in prayer. What a privilege that we have been given in prayer. The privilege that is given to you and I is this. That God, that we're able to speak to God, to, that we are, that we are assured that He's going to hear our prayers, and that we are further assured that He will answer our prayers, and know that He invites us to be involved with Him in the work that He's doing. But like anything else in life, we can even mess it up sometimes. As profound and as beautiful as prayer is, we can mess it up. We can fumble the ball. We can stumble and mess up something so profound and beautiful as prayer. Many have prayed properly and have seen God moved in tremendous ways and seen his tremendous power as he hears and answers those prayers. Others have prayed out of wrong motives, and have received nothing in answer to their request. In these verses, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, it reads like this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corner, that they may be seen by others, truly, I say to you that 
they have received their reward. Verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they, may, that they will be heard from their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you have need before you ask him. What an amazing passage of scripture. In these verses, Jesus is exposing some of the problems in prayer that are rampant, that were rampant in his day and then also in our day. He condemns the, 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 uh, the, the, the prayers of the hypocrites or the religious elite of that day. Jesus tells us that their praying will amount to nothing. Then he tells us how men ought to approach God. So today, I want to just simply share with you how to pray without pretense. The word pretense means insincere. It means wrong behavior. It means something done or a way of behaving that is not genuine, but is meant to deceive other people. In other words, the word pretense is another word for hypocrite or hypocrisy. Pretentious, hypocritical praying will not be heard or answered by the Lord. Therefore, you and I need to learn how to pray without pretense. So let's look at what Jesus says about this matter. Jesus shares some cautions regarding public prayer in verse five. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corner that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their rewards. The Jewish nation was a blessed and privileged nation of people. They of all people should have known how to talk to God. But over the years, much like the world in which we live in now, many errors had worked their way into the Jewish worship and in the Jewish time of prayer. And these are problems Jesus refers to here. And there are many problems, too many for, for me to take the time to share with you today. But he says simply about wrong motives. God tells us that prayer is not about being seen or heard by others, but prayer is a time personally uh, of personal communion with God. Many have read these verses and concluded that any kind of public prayer is off limits. By no means, this is not true. Jesus was not forbidding public prayer, but he tells men to beware of who they, who their audience was. When we pray and we pray right, there is an audience of one. But when we pray and we pray wrong, we are praying for the attention of others. He says, if men 
are to pray in public and they want to be seen and heard by others, then they have totally missed the point of prayer. Prayer is about us entering into the presence of God to have communion with him. He tells us to beware of motive, but then he says, beware of methods. These people, Jesus called hypocrites, were guilty of standing in public places, such as a synagogue or a busy street corner, praying loud and long prayers. Their desire was to impress others with their pious and religi re religiosity. Jesus soundly condemns this kind of praying because he draws attention to uh, to man and not to God. It glorifies the flesh and not the Father. And again, there is nothing wrong with praying in public. There's nothing wrong with a person standing in the public in public to pray. There's nothing wrong with us standing in a public worship and and praying. There's nothing wrong with us standing in a public meeting and, and praying. God is not concerned about the posture of our bodies. He's concerned about the attitude of our hearts. If a person's public praying is different from their private praying and is designed to appeal to others, instead of pointing men to God, then it is full of hypocrisy and pretension. It's a blessing to hear some people pray, isn't it? They pray in such a way that you realize they don't care if you are there or not. It's almost as if the room is emptied and it's just them and God. They're not talking to you. They're, they're talking to God. I always tell this story about one of our my grandchildren and our family dinners, our grandchildren, all, they all often volunteer to do the prayer. And so uh, one of our youngest grandsons, they uh, decided they wanted to pray. And before dinner even started, they they came and said, Papa, we, I, I want to pray. And so as a family gathered, we uh, embraced hands and around the table. And I told the family that uh, our young Man was going to lead us in prayer, and he began to pray. He bowed his head, began to pray. We heard nothing, and all of a sudden, he lifts his head and says, Amen. To which his older brother said to him, I didn't hear a word you said. To which I answered, he wasn't talking to you. He was talking to God. And when we pray, our prayers ought to be us talking to God. It's not about impressing people. It's about communion with the Lord. Jesus shares this caution about public prayer. He says, be careful of, 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 your, of your method and be careful not to get caught up in, in public prayer. Because he says that our public prayers can lead us astray. He said, watch our motives, watch our methods in public prayer. But then Jesus shares uh, counsel regarding private prayer. Verse six, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, 
shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus, having told his men how the hypocrites pray, he then proceeds to tell them how they should pray. Why the warning and the guidelines for prayer? Why does Jesus warn them? Why did Jesus give them these, these guidelines for prayer? Because even an activity like prayer, even an activity like prayer, there is still the danger that the flesh will get involved or that we will be led astray by Satan. One of the strongest attacks against Jesus came during a time of intimate communion with the Father. You remember it, don't you? In Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, or Luke 22, verses 39 through 46. If Jesus was attacked by the devil, when he was praying, then you and I can expect the same treatment. Satan will try everything and anything he can to hinder your prayer time. He will try to get your flesh involved if he can. He'll turn your prayer time into uh, a time of self-promotion and, and a time of self-centeredness. And here's what Jesus says about our private time of prayer. He says real prayer is priority. He said, but when you pray, Jesus does not say if you pray. He says when you pray. Because Jesus expects God's children and God's people and God's sons and daughters to pray. We are commanded to pray in Luke 18 and 1. We are commanded to pray in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And since we are told to pray, we must make prayer priority. And if prayer is not made priority in our lives, then you and I will never pray. If you're waiting on a time for it to be the right time to pray, or you're waiting on a time when everything else is quiet and you're going to pray, guess what? If priority is not a prayer is not made priority, you and I will never pray. It's sad, but true. Some people only pray when they're in public or when they go to church or when they're in prayer meeting. And that shouldn't be. Communion with God should be our highest priority of each and every day. If you don't get everything done, you ought to take time to pray. If you don't meet all the appointments, you ought to take time to pray. If you don't get all the checklists done, you ought to take time to pray. Because you'll never grow beyond the depths of your prayer life. Jesus said real prayer is priority. Real prayer is personal. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. In contrast to the hypocrites who like to pray in public places to be seen by others, Jesus tells his men and he tells you and I to go into our private place to pray. Why do we need to go into our private place to pray? Because there are some things that need to be said in prayer that don't need to be said within the earshot of other people. When we pray in private, we can take the liberty to declare our hearts to the Lord. We can pray about personal and private matters that would otherwise be embarrassing if someone else heard them. 
We could call out the names of people that are burdening, burdening us, those who are thorns in our flesh in our private times of prayer. We can, we can call out the names of our unsaved family and friends aloud in prayer in private. We could be honest with the Lord about our own sins and our own shortcomings. We can humble ourselves before him in private prayer. We can be who we really are. For in private prayer, there's no one to impress. It is our time with God. And can I just share something with you? And I ask you a question. Do you keep a regular time of private prayer with the Lord? Do you? Do you keep a regular time? Do you have a regular time of prayer? Do you have a regular scheduled program? Do you have a regular scheduled time for private prayer with the Lord? Again, there's nothing wrong with praying as a group. You ought to have a prayer partner. You ought to have a prayer group. You ought to come to prayer meeting. But notice verse 9. Jesus tells us, says, Our Father. This implies corporate prayer. Still, there is nothing more than precious, no, nothing more precious than spending time alone with God in prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some things. I don't want you to hear. And there are some things I don't even want the devil to hear. So Jesus teaches us that our real prayer is priority. Real prayer is personal. Real prayer is precious. Verse six, he says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. When Jesus uses the phrase, pray to your father who is in secret, he's referring to the very dwelling place of God. Now I'm excited to tell you. For the Jews, this meant this was a startling revelation. For centuries, the high priest was the only one allowed to enter into the holies of holies. He could only enter the, uh, the holies of holies once a year on the day of atonement. But he could only enter with the blood to atone for the, his sins and the sins of the people. And Jesus tells us, that when we enter into genuine prayer before the Lord, then we are able to enter the secret place with him. Literally what Jesus is teaching us is that we are allowed access to the holies of holies in heaven. When we pray and we pray properly, we are allowed access into the throne room of grace. That's what Hebrew 4 and 16 says. It says, let us then, therefore, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We do not have to have some human priest to stand in for us. But through Jesus Christ, we have access to the very throne room of our Father in heaven. We have the privilege. During our season of private prayer to step out of this world for a time and to enter his presence to commune with him. That's why private prayer is so precious and so powerful. It literally takes you and I into the presence of God 
and it brings God's presence near to you and I. That's what James 4 and 8 says. It said, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Real prayer, Jesus teaches us, is, is priority. Real prayer is personal. Real prayer is precious, but real prayer is powerful. Again, verse 6 says, and when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. When we're told, and our father who sees in secret, we reward you. When we pray to the Lord, and we pray to the Lord out of sincere desire to have communion with him, he'll honor our faith and our humility, and he'll answer in such a way that it would demonstrate the fact that we have been with him. If we will refuse to show off in prayer, then God will always show out in his answer to prayer. I like that so well, I think I'll say it again. If we will refuse to show off in prayer, then he will show out in his answer to prayer. Jesus tells us, he tells us that when we pray to cease, that, that, that when prayer ceases to be about us and about being seen by others, and it becomes all about God. And then we expect God to move in response to our prayer. We can ask knowing that he will answer. You see, those who pray for applause of others, Jesus said that's exactly what they get. But those who pray as a time of private communion with the Lord and are not concerned with personal glory, see God move in mighty power and God gets the glory. Jesus shares a caution regarding public prayer. He, he shares the counsel regarding private prayer, but then he, then he shares the condition regarding personal prayer. Verses 7 and 8. He tells us first to refrain from repetition in prayer. You see, the pagans, as well as many Jews, believed that they would be heard by the Lord if they repeated their prayers or the same phrases over and over again. And But the same thing is true when it comes to us. Jesus didn't want his people to engage in meanness, meaningless repetition. But if we're not careful, we will find ourselves engaging in meaningless repetition. But that's exactly what he tells us not to do. He said, but when we pray, uh, that we can pray the same prayer over our meals and we can say, say the same prayer before morning and night. And we can use the same name, God and God the Father and God uh, uh, and then Lord and Savior. And over and over again, we are to refrain from repetitious prayers. We will try anything to help prayer longer, won't we? And to make it sound more religious than we all. It's almost as if when you turn in the paper uh, in college to your professor and your professor says it needs to be 3,000 word um, report or a document and then you get down to 2,500 and you start seeking 
of phrases that you can put to stretch out the words. And that's not what God wants us to do in prayer. We must remember that it's not the length of our prayers that matters, but it's and it's not the eloquency of our prayer of our words. And it's not even the content of our prayers that is the issue. What matters most to God is the condition and the attitude of the one doing the praying and the motive behind the praying. Let me add that it's nothing wrong. I want to say this again to repeat the same request to the Lord. It's nothing wrong with entering into uh, it's nothing wrong with uh, entering into a time and a season of prayer. But what is wrong is when we are in a mindless state where prayers become something we do, but we do not think about it. It's not right to get vain repetition in prayer. He teaches us to restrain from repetition in prayer. He then teaches us how to rest in our relationship in prayer in verse 8. Jesus reminds us that God is our Father. And as such, he knows what you and I need before we ever asked. And he's concerned about our, the needs. And he's concerned about meeting those needs. Some might say, well, Pastor G, well, if that's the case, if God already knows what we need, then what's the point of praying? Well, prayer gives God the opportunity to hear his children express their love for him. It's an opportunity for God to hear his children's dependency upon him. It's a time for God to give God an opportunity to, to hear the faith of that his children have in him. Prayer affords God the opportunity to demonstrate his love, his power, his glory, and his providence and his sovereignty for his children in the life of his children. Besides, prayers not prayed will be prayers not answered. The reason many people aren't getting answers to prayer is because they're not praying. So he tells us to refrain from repetition in prayer. And he says, rest in your relationship in prayer. But then he says, rely on his resources in prayer. In verse 8, since he's God and since he is our father, we can go to him. Isn't that wonderful? We can go to him in confidence. And we can go to him in faith, believing that he has the power to answer us when we call upon him. Faith in God through prayer is essential to prayers being answered. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and Matthew 21 and 22, and James 1, verses 5 through 8, tells us that faith in prayer is essential for prayer to be answered. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, just, I just believe. I just believe that our God is able to do anything. I believe it. With everything that I have, I believe and I declare before you today that our God can do anything. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says he can do anything.
In Job chapter 42, verse 2, it says he could do anything. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says he can do anything. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 4, it says he can do anything. And since that is true, we need to engage in prayer. We need to rest in his resources. We need to believe in his power and we need to rejoice in his answer in his answer to prayer. So many nuggets about prayer on today. Our host talked to us on last time about what how not to pray. And on this time he talked to us about how to pray. And one of the things that he said is that we are not to pray like the hypocrites but we are to pray and we are to pray in faith and we are to pray in faith believing that god can do anything the only prayer that is unanswered is the prayer that is unasked so when you pray pray believing as the word of God says that God will answer prayer. And this is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And because we know that he hears us, we know that we will have our request when we pray according to his will. I don't know about you, but I have been encouraged to spend more time on my knees praying and less time talking about my problems because we have a God who can and will answer prayer. Thank you to our host today for taking time to share with us how we should pray based on the model prayer found in Matthew chapter 6. Now, stay tuned, keep listening as our host, pastor, teacher, author, Taryn Gaddis, gives us some closing remarks and our closing prayer. I don't want, I know about you, but I don't want to be a hypocrite in my prayer life. What about you? As God is my witness, I don't want to impress you on this podcast, learn how to pray. I don't want to impress you with my prayers. What I want to do is to help you to develop a private, personal prayer life until it is every single thing that God would have it to be. I want you to avoid the pretense in your prayers. That's what I want to do. In my own personal prayer life, I, I want to develop a private, personal prayer life that is pleasing to God and that is everything that God wants. And I want that same thing for you. I want to avoid pretense in prayer and I want that same thing for you. Can I ask you a question? Is your prayer life all that it should be? Or has the Lord touched a sore spot or two through his word today? And there ain't nothing wrong with him touching sore spots. There's nothing wrong because sore spots are simply tender spots. And we want to be tender before the Lord. We want to feel his conviction. We want to feel his encouragement. We want to feel his, his heart. And if God has, 
or if you just want to grow deeper in your prayer life, the place to begin is at his altar. And if the Lord is calling you to do more powerful, more effective things through prayer, then why not just mind him and come before him on your knees, asking God, Lord, have your way in and through my prayer life. If we would just come to the place where our prayer lives honors the Lord, he'll bless us in a tremendous way. How many know that God hears and he answers prayer? I think it was D.L. Moody who was overwhelmed with the blessings of the Lord that he prayed one time, God stop. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't we all want to pray, God stop? That, that God would hear our prayers, that God would move on our behalf, that God would cause our cup to overflow, that God will continue to bless our family to a place where we would have to say, God, we don't need any more. He wants to bless you that way. He wants to use you beyond anything that you ever can imagine. But everything in our walk with him begins and ends with our prayer life. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you today for these moments that we've had to just simply turn back the pages of your word, put our finger in Matthew chapter 6 and hear how you taught your disciples to pray. That when your disciples ask, Lord, teach us to pray, you taught them to pray this way. So Father, we want to use this model prayer. We want to use what is called the Lord's Prayer to teach us how not to pray, but teach us how to pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would allow our prayer life to be pleasing to you. Lord, help us to develop a private, personal prayer life that is everything that you would want from us. Father, we know that you hear and answer prayers, and Father, you even promise to answer our prayers before we ever ask. Help us to avoid the pitfalls. Help us, Father, to, to fortify those things that we need to fortify in our lives. Father, don't allow us to be guilty of vain repetition. Don't allow us, Lord, to not be cautious in our prayer public lives. Don't allow us to miss prayer in our private lives. But then, Father, don't allow us to miss prayer in our personal lives. Help us, Lord, 
to refrain from repetition. Help us, Lord, to rest in your relationship. And then, Lord, allow us to rely on your resources. Father, we are always honored to just be able to talk to you. And you tell us that prayer is not about being seen or heard by others, but that prayer is simply a time of personal communion with you. May we all have that kind of prayer life with you. Help us to have such an intimate time of prayer with you that we're able to see your hand move in our lives. That when we pray in private, Lord, we we declare it with our hearts that there is no other God like you. When we pray personally in private, Lord, take those things that would make us embarrassed and make us shame and to make us sorrowful before you. Take those things and change them, but most of all, change us. Allow us to pray for those that we need to pray for, those who are thorns in our flesh as well as those that we love and that we care for deeply who will end up in eternal damnation if they don't turn their life over to you. Thank you for the honor and the privilege and the power of prayer. And Lord, will you please teach us how to pray. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we asked, amen, amen, and amen. And that was just as good. So, you ain't got nothing to worry about there.